Okay, everyone's good and ready to go? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we did that in sync. That was beautiful. I might keep that in. Welcome to My Turn Podcast, the hilarious gaming podcast brought to you by three extra competitive siblings and our special guest, Tim. Hi. Applause for Tim. <laughs> Yeah! <laughs> Thanks, I didn't have to do my own this week. It's nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, this uh, podcast is usually brought to you by myself, Jem. I'm the big sister of the sibling trio, and Ariam is here today. He is the baby sister. Hello, I am the ba- Hey, wait! <laughs> yes, I am the baby sister. <laughs> and uh, our middle brother, Bilen, is absent again because he's doing what, Erin? Because you're on lockdown with him. What is he doing? God knows, he's got a girlfriend and that's taken up all his time. Yeah, that's basically what's happened to Bilen. Bilen was our resident <laughs> pedant. Um, I'd like to say we miss his pedantry. But Tim's a lot nicer. Tim's so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Bill N had a certain charm. It was a very Bill N-y charm. So uh, Bill N, if you ever <laughs> listen to this, which I know you won't, um, we kind of kind of miss you, but not really. <laughs> like 50-50. <laughs> but we are very, very happy again to be joined by our honorary brother, Tim. Uh, and today we're actually going to be talking to you about games that are specific to lockdown that we've all been playing. Um, because we've really been playing a hell of a lot of games, haven't we, guys? Oh yeah, yeah, Maybe and a not and like being requested to join in with more games than I played pre-lockdown. Like every other night, someone's like, "Can you host a quiz for us?" Or "Do you want to join our quiz?" Or "Do you know something online we can play?" Like all the time, it's relentless yeah. but fun. And it's weird, isn't it? Because we're kind of being forced to play games with people we wouldn't normally play games with. Like, there's so much team-building gaming going on. Yeah, I think both in work and also playing with people's extended families, I've, I've done a lot of. Because I've been asked to, like, create quizzes for them, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, do you mind if I ask my entire family to join in on this scene? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, am I getting paid for this? Are we hanging out? I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, why don't we start with quizzes? Because I think that... I don't know about you guys, but I don't know anyone who hasn't done a quiz during lockdown. How about yourselves? Do you, do you feel like pre no, it's, someone? It's definitely the thing to do right now, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I don't know if you know this, uh, listeners, but Tim and I are both professional quiz masters. That's right, so professional. Really, really. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the point is, people paid money to come to our quiz. We yeah. used to host an amazing yeah. quiz called Quiz and Paste. Oh, long, long gone were the days when we did that, but it was a fantastic um, interactive pub quiz, so it was a bit different. Um, so and I it's think funny, isn't it? Because these days, <laughs> so many pub quizzes are interactive. A lot of the yes. things that I remember us sitting in a room thinking up like how can we put a twist on the traditional pub quiz is yeah. now so common yeah. i yeah, think I'm not what, saying one of my favorite memories one of my favorite memories from your interactive pub quizzes was um when you did the pub olympics and i managed to fall off the bar do you remember that <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you really hurt yourself. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> I was going for the win, but 
I guess you guys know how to m keep things interesting. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how, how you make an online quiz, not just the same regurgitated rubbish that you get if you just Google online pub quiz. Yeah, well, why don't we yeah. dig into that, Erin? Uh, mm. Why don't you start us off? Like, what kind of quizzes have you been doing, Erin? And with who? So actually, well, we've got a, a, a group of friends that we normally go to the pub with um, most weekends. So we've been basically doing every Saturday night, someone will host a quiz. Now we started off with, with typical kind of go online, find a few quizzes. But as we've got a bit more used to it, we've become a bit more inventive. So in our last one, rather than just having question rounds, we had like a treasure hunt where you had 45 seconds to find four different items in the house. We had a round called Chin for the Win, where it was an extremely zoomed in version of someone's chin and you had to guess whose chin it was. And we oh, also established cute. that there was this, <laughs> it, it actually worked out really well. We also established that there was a bit of a theme of certain groups winning. So we devised a Mario Kart style system which benefited those who are in last and punished those in first and you kept the playing field the level. You blue shield the win. Blue <laughs> Blue-shielded the leaders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it worked so well. It was quite a simple idea that we thought we'd try out. Basically, if you're in last place, you got double points. If you're in se second place, you only got a maximum of about 70% um, of the marks. If you're in first, you got half your marks. So every point, you'd yeah. only get a half. And basically, also, people had to be quite strategic yeah, in I the way realized... that they were picking rounds to do well on. I'm sorry, we're, we're experiencing a slight technical delay. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Evil robots fuck you in the ear. Technical difficulties. <laughs> and we're back. Um, no, I just realised that I said blue shielded when I meant blue shelled. Blue shelled. I've had yes, blue shelled. Um, half a glass of beer, listeners, half a glass only. And, and she's it's pissed. clearly already gone to my head because I'm a lightweight. <laughs> 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 oh, I was just going to say that that double point system reminded me. I played a quiz, a family quiz game on PlayStation. I think it's called Knowledge Party or something like that. Um, that you play on your phones and, you know, the quiz is on the screen and we're all in the room as a family. Mm. And they do that so that you can legitimately play with your family. So really competitive people that don't like to let children win, like me and my sister. You know, we <laughs> normally stomp all over her children. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're normally like, good luck, kids. We're winning this thing. Um, but it meant... <laughs> It meant that poor Eli and Milo actually stood a chance because yeah. I was constantly in the lead. So I'd get like so few points and they kept getting double points whenever they got lucky. So it kept everyone entertained. It is a good system. Yeah, that's a nice idea, isn't it? Because I think the worst thing about quizzes, uh, uh, or maybe we'll come to this a bit later, but yeah, it's, they've got to be accessible. Otherwise people get bored. And then, you know, if you get a yes. boring quiz, it's over. Um, so Tim, what kind of quizzes have you been playing? Um, well, I've been mostly hosting them, to be honest, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I've played with because I really enjoy doing that. Um, okay. But I, I was thinking, like, I have—I suppose I have a um, tip for writing difficult questions mm. because I think the temptation can be when you want to be inclusive for, for big crowds is just to dumb it down. But I think mm. that makes it quite boring as well. Like, it's just mm. as boring if it's too easy as if it's too difficult. So... My tip is if you want to put harder questions in, 
then either A, give them some bonus info, which means mm. they can logically work it out and take a guess. Yes. So, for example, rather than saying what country consumes the most beer per capita in the world, you'd say what landlocked European country consumes the most beer in the world. So you yes, get like the extra the bit of information. Yeah. Or if you want to make it easy, obviously go multiple choice. But I think crucially, if you want to ask hard questions, then even if the players don't get it, you've got to make sure the answer is an interesting fact. Uh, and then I think all is forgiven because they'll enjoy it. The worst hard questions are things that you have boring answers, like what date did something happen or yeah. who came seventh in this competition. I hate those sorts of questions. Yeah, and I think if you are going to do something like a date or of what position did this person finish in in this competition, I feel like you should always offer a point for the nearest answer because that gives people an incentive mm -hmm. to actually really think, okay, what was happening in the years around that competition that I can remember? Or, uh, you know, say it's like, when did this company first sell its first bottle of Coca-Cola or whatever it was? You know, it's it's really good for them people to like have an incentive to really have a good guess and think yeah. about history. And I think absolutely. And I think another top point, which leads me on to a quiz I did participate in is remember the whole purpose of this is you're trying to recreate that feet, that communal feeling of being in a yeah. pub in the evening where you're having fun and a pint in a chat and there are questions going on and you're answering them, but it's not the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So, You've got to give space if you're hosting one of these online quizzes to allow yes. some of that interaction and comedy to happen and not just smash through the questions, which yeah. leads me on to the pub quiz uh, hosted online by the National Theatre that I watched. They oh. sort of now the National Theatre has been doing some great things during quarantine. You know, they've screened yeah. a lot of their plays for free. So I'm not just throwing unwarranted shade at them, but they advertised that they were doing a quiz hosted by Helen Mirren and uh, Lenny Henry and Ian McKellen. Ooh. I mean, not forgetting, Ian McKellen does host the pub quiz in Limehouse yes, of the puppy owns. But And so I thought, this will probably be legit. This will be fun. And me and a couple of mates tuned in to watch it. We, we sat down. We got our beers ready. We were watching it on YouTube, typing into Messenger. The whole thing was over in 10 minutes. <gasps> what? Each of the hosts <laughs> read out five questions really quickly, back to back, gave you the answers straight away and then moved on to the next one. So they did some, they did like 25 questions in 10 minutes and then it was done. I mean, I barely opened my can of beer and it was all over. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what a pub <laughs> quiz is about. That's awful. So don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Another, a thing that I found really weird with some of the quizzes we've been doing is um, everyone insisting that the mics get turned off while questions are being read out. Now, initially, I've only done had this happen in a couple of quizzes, and initially I thought, oh, maybe that's a good idea because sometimes people want to like confer with their other family members, and then it will stop yeah. you kind of hearing each other's answers. Um, and also, then the person asking the questions maybe can just have a bit more clarity because you know what fam, what our family in particular will just talk over each other. But what <laughs> happened was there was no atmosphere. Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah. the most important thing. It's the most yeah. important thing. That you, that's the whole reason you're getting together. Yeah. So in some ways, it was actually worse um, not hearing my family are. Because the first time it happened was in our family quiz, which you were absent for, Erin. But it was kind of yeah. worse not hearing them talk all over each other. Because I was like, but I miss you guys. I kind of want to hear that and get annoyed <laughs> in a way that makes my heart mm. fuzzy. Because that's you. That's you guys. 
Yeah, so that, that is a <laughs> yeah. tip um, for smaller. I think if you're doing professional quiz, you may have to mute certain people because if it's open yeah. to the public, you don't know what people might say or do. But, to uh, to be honest, a good good workaround is just yeah. to recommend that people bring a pad of paper with them so they can actually write down the answers. And we find that's worked really well with our, our lot because that way, you know, you are able to confer with your partner and still have some sort of audio input. Another thing what, that's what good, I think, is to try and use... typing on their phones? Sorry, Tim. No, so the way, way we... No, uh, we used to have zoom basically um you can send your answers directly to one person uh, so rather than to everyone you could do it that way but um similar kind of thing to you guys like the the banter is the fun of it really the questions is just secondary entertainment so yeah quickly we d we decided between our groups we'd either have um yeah pads of paper or if you were online you'd actually just use whatsapp to to type to each other and that way you are still able to kind of gauge it. So I think that's a good recommendation is actually get people to bring pads of paper to, to discuss their answers with each other. Yeah, and Tim, what were you gonna say, sorry? I was gonna say, the other thing is to try and take advantage or make fun of the medium. So do you remember yeah. <laughs> I, I hosted a quiz that, that you were participating in yeah. with three of our other friends. And do you remember I sent you a bunch of dick pics? Yeah. <laughs> this was a brilliant, brilliant round. Uh, Tim, do you mind if I should I explain, or do you want to explain what you did, Tim? Oh no, you go, you go ahead. I can give you the the answers and examples if you want, but you tell them. Yeah, I mean, Tim uh, had a dick pic round. I, because I know Tim, instantly was like, "Well, this is a clever play on the word dick and pick because we're on the <laughs> internet." Um, and so I knew it would be famous dicks, as in the name Dick. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, quickly, I was like, Dick Whittington, Dick Cheney, even before you, you showed any pictures. I was like, ah, who are the dicks I know? So I got very, very confused. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There were a lot of people just shouting, Dick, 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 on the line. I know. My favourite um, one, actually, because my... it was a bit harder, was Philip K. Dick. Yes. Philip K. Dick, people struggled on. And also Cressida Dick. Yeah. Uh, took a little while as well, yeah. but it's always a good one. Always a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a nice thing to do. And I have also noticed, Tim, I know in that quiz that you just referenced that you hosted for us, you did a scavenger hunt. And every yes. quiz I've played since has done a scavenger hunt. And, and Yeah, uh, weird, isn't it? Yeah, I'd never, you know, apart from quiz and pace, which was interactive, we did stuff like that. But not, like I wouldn't have expected that from you know my aunties or my cousins doing scavenger hunts <laughs> yeah uh, the other thing i noticed popping up a lot his toe trying to get something <laughs> quickly we <laughs> had someone fall down a, a set of stairs when we were doing all one they came back and their leg was all bruised yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that's the other thing i've seen bit. popping up a lot that that i enjoy is um that I remember putting in ours is people creating the sound of their own buzzers so that can be like a real fun part <laughs> of you know getting people joining in and starting it's like what do you want your buzzer to be some people do it vocally some people get toys but i, I watched um have i got news for you on yeah. bbc one the other day and uh, because they're doing it but they're doing it online you know over a call and they do the same thing they're like every week now it's become the highlight of the show of what are they <laughs> going to use as buzzers 
So uh, okay. that's taken off. So it's my turn podcast. What would our buzzer sounds be, Tim? Oh. <laughs> okay, you might need to describe how that think, yeah, sound was formed. Before you think, Tim, just try um, <laughs> uh, That was actually Tim flapping his extremely saggy cheeks. <laughs> um, nice and flexible cheeks. cheeks. <laughs> Not his bum cheeks, his face cheeks. <laughs> you Aaron, make him sound like buzz, one of those gungan things. What would your buzzer things? sound be? Go. Oh, God. Fuck knows. That's a very good one. Well and done. that would be my buzzer sound. <laughs> Mine would probably be me, me, me. <laughs> very good, <laughs> <my> child. <laughs> yes, the, the sound of Jem, the annoying child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've already had a few kind of pro tips of what makes a good quiz. So nice, slow questions so that people can actually have a chance to answer. Also, I think repeating the question is really, really good practice, um, but not too many times. Just the one repeat, make sure that people know you're only going to repeat it once, and then you can just move on. Uh, any other pro tips that we haven't covered? Also, at the end of a round, yeah, at the end of the round, ask people what questions they need repeating again. Yeah, yeah, right. So once you've gone through round. all 12 questions, does anyone need, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and try and get a variety of subjects. Uh, I went to a quiz not long ago of, it was 60 questions, and the only three subjects they covered were music, the 80s, and Australia. So I got one answer that was Craig McLaughlin, but... <laughs> Yeah. Hang on, Eric used to <laughs> love that song when he was a baby. Sing it. Hey, which one? Mona. Ooh, no. Mona. I must have been too Tell small. Tell what I'm gonna do. Ding, 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 ding. And now we need to do a quick review of that song so that we can feature Oh, yes, we that, do. That. Um, so, Craig, I would link. easily put the song in Craig McLaughlin's top five. Easily put it there. Yeah, same. I think top, top uh, uh, release from Craig McLaughlin. I'd also like to say that I found the uh, passion and uh, enjoyable uh, nature that he de delivered that song with was very infectious. Yeah. Okay. St second only maybe to Stefan Dennis. Erin <laughs> <laughs> has zoned out. I have no idea what you're on about. He's too young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only a 30-year-old baby. <laughs> Wait, aren't you 31 now? Well, if you're splitting hairs. I, He's too old I'm to be on TikTok. We know that if much. If I'm just adding a year, which is what you've lived an extra year. Anyway. Blah, 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 blah. That's only one thirty. <laughs> that's not a lot. <laughs> Yeah, in that case, I'm 25, listeners. I am 25. Just not splitting hairs. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. Okay, rounding up on quizzes. Uh, any massive don'ts that we haven't that we haven't covered already? Any other glaring sport. errors that you can make? With your... Yeah, sport is an interesting one, Tim. I'm glad you mentioned that because in quizzes in general, sport is such a broad subject. But I think what happens is people that don't watch sport as in competitive sport or sport on TV just immediately feel alienated from that. 
But actually, if you're writing sport questions, they can be a lot broader because sport's massive. So you can talk about designs of stuff. You can talk about sports that don't involve humans. I recently, um, in one of the quizzes I did, I had a couple of questions on crufts. They were really guessable for people uh, because and about animals. Most people like animals. Um, sport can also come across, uh, kind of cross paths with innovation. Um, so, you know, you might be quite into science and engineering and there are points where that crosses with sport. So it's just like be a bit more creative with sport. And also traditional sports here in the UK. Uh, I had a great question from another quiz master recently about donkey derbies, the history of donkey derbies. And I was like, yes, I'm here for that. <laughs> so, you know, sport doesn't so I know exactly what you mean, but the first thing that popped into my head was buckaroo. <laughs> I was thinking human That's buckaroo was the Darby. first thing that popped into my no, head with donkey. It's not, not is it? <laughs> For anyone listening from not in the UK, I think we have like two listeners in the US. Um, according to our data, uh, a donkey derby is basically like some donkeys usually at a beach in a beach town. And they kind of have kids sat on them and they kind of walk to a finish line. And that's kind of a race, but not really. But it's fun. It's sweet. It's enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a seamless transition. So, um, the next thing we wanted to talk about after quizzes is I, I listen to a lot of science podcasts, and uh, I was listening to, I think, the Science Hour from the BBC. It was definitely a BBC one, and they mentioned this game called Fold It. And Fold It uh, is a game about folding proteins. It's essentially a 3D puzzle where your objective is to fold proteins down uh, to a point where it uses the least energy. So for people that want it even simpler, fold it down to where it looks really neat and slick and as symmetrical as possible. And um, they were talking about this game because it's actually got real world implications. It is a game that you can play online but it is also a kind of citizen science project. Um, yeah, so Tim and I have both had a go at it. Uh, so Tim, uh, what did you think of this game and the potential uses for understanding the proteins in coronavirus, which are kind of being presented now? Yeah, I think there's, there's two ways you've got to review this, isn't there, really? I mean, one yeah. is as a citizen science project, which obviously it's doing incredibly at. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's been around for 12 years, um, had lots of science scientific publications with people who play on it, named as co-authors. Uh, they managed to, you know, treat an HIV-like virus in monkeys and, yes. uh, and now it's doing stuff with coronavirus. So as a citizen science project, it is incredible. Now, yeah. as a game... Um, at the moment, uh, you can only, as far as I'm aware, only get it on laptops. So you have to download it onto yeah, Mac or Windows. Where, where in fact, it, the gameplay of it is essentially fidgeting with things. Mm -hmm. You keep fidgeting with molecules until you get a high enough score that it's like, yes, that's a possible folding of a protein. So I was dying for it to be on mobile yeah, because I, I don't want to sit, I don't want to sit on my laptop and do things that feel too much like I'm doing some visual design like I would in yeah. my work day. And so I'm like, oh, I don't really want to play this. But 
if I had it on my phone and I was watching TV, I would happily fidget away with it for hours. So yeah. I know, do you know what I mean? Like those are my two I halves of my exactly review. exactly the same. I kind of wanted to use my fingers to manipulate it. So just to draw a picture, a visual picture for you, it's a very, very simple design. Um, it's just strands of kind of helixy type strands of proteins. Uh, like weird little branches almost that stick in different directions and they're coded by color which depends on how much energy they're using so red is bad because it uses a lot of energy uh, and then the cooler colors are using less energy and it's really it's got really simple mechanisms where you pull strands apart and push strands together and twist them and shake them so you've got this this cool little spirally twiggy shape and you can move it around and untangle bits that are too tangled and join bits together that need to be closer together. So it's a very simple to access game. But as I, as Tim said, and I totally agree, if you could use your hands on a phone or a tablet, it would feel way more organic. I found the clicking really sort of didn't quite, it was like a bit of a discord yeah, for what yeah. I wanted to do. It's because the gameplay is essentially like a microscopic bop it. Say that yeah, fast. Kind of, and yeah. so you want to get your hands on it. It feels like it should be tactile. Uh, and that's why it doesn't quite work in that, uh, in that way. I used to Suck have it, a little twist fidget, it, bop fidget it. puzzle that, that looks like this. Like I had a little fidget puzzle. I think that your mum bought me Tim one year because she knows me. She knows <laughs> Probably. You are a um, fidget. I don't, know what, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it went, but it, it was like individual kind of branchy strands and you kind of, you could make it into a ball, but it was really hard to do that. And, and then you could make various shapes, but it was quite challenging because it was a puzzle um, to kind of twist it and interweave it and stuff. And it's really similar to that. And yeah, you just, it's so tactile in concept that they're mm. almost missing a trick. However, I feel like the pe you know, the people that have designed this game have done so with sort of limited resources to do it so for what they've done it's great and i have to also say i love the music it's very short and yeah. snippets of music but it really makes me happy there's like victory music when you achieve a good protein <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, nice, yeah even when the game loads up you get this lovely like it's a really short snippet of music but it's really nice yeah Exactly. I think, you know, just thinking about the whole, you know, what they were doing with limited resources. I mean, obviously, the um, the medicine department of the university uh, teamed up with uh, the computer science of yeah. the same university. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's great to have different departments working together on a solution for that kind of thing. But I was thinking where are your arts subjects involved in this? Like if ever there's an argument for more yeah. collaboration between STEM and the arts to make it STEAM, I thought this was a really good example because yeah. I think some other UX designers might have found a more fidget-friendly way to do the same thing. Yeah. Erin, have you got any questions about this as someone who hasn't played it or have we explained it? Well yeah. So, so... Uh so every time you start is it going to be a new combination of proteins or is it how does it work is it always the same thing that you just have to reorganize more and more efficiently each time that you go what well, well the way it's set out at the moment is you can play just the puzzles which are the kind of introductory levels so each of those puzzles always starts with the same protein setup and that's kind of like yeah. your um your track your yeah your training level 
um, your tutorial level, if you like, of a, of a game. Um, and then you can also, because it's got real world applications, there are certain viruses that they want you to look at. So, so you can opt into certain projects. So they will then start with a different base of virus. But I think you can, I haven't played like every bit of it. I've only played probably about four hours of it. But um, I think you can sort yeah. of just work from any base, pretty much. Okay. Yes, that's right. Um, so th it sounds quite like a complex thing. Obviously, it's got real, real world applications in that yeah. it can help uh, solve, you know, medical issues. Can kids play this, or is yes. this something that yeah. just like someone who they can as well? Yeah, and I and just out of interest. Yeah. Out of interest, has has there been any stories or, of children actually coming up with solutions that have made little breakthroughs medically? I've watched quite a few because videos about um, kind of interviewing people that play this. And um, yeah. the most, and you know, it's even bad that I say this, but the, the most surprising demographic that I've found that have made breakthroughs and that are like really getting a lot from the game as well as giving a lot back is um, much older women. So... Oh, really? Uh, but this this demographic of women, especially American women that, that were all popping up over over YouTube, were often in top ten of this game, and a lot of them were saying, "I do it to de-stress. I don't do it because I'm a scientist." And a lot of them are like working in government jobs, or teachers, and it was just really lovely listening to their interviews about what they've they've got from the game, and then it's almost yeah. secondary that they've actually scored highly and when you score highly then your designs your patterns are kind of taken in and they do a monthly the game actually release a monthly video which is like an update on any innovations that have been found from fold it players and yeah the, you know some of these women are sort of like you know beyond retirement age and i was like that's amazing because yeah. and it maybe it shouldn't surprise me but it did surprise me and i just thought it was really lovely yeah i thought the surprise would be young people because you know, where, when you are younger, um, you tend to think of things a bit more outside of the box and you can be, well, you can't not, you aren't just more creative, but younger people tend to have more creative kind of ideas going into things and less restricted by boundaries. But yeah, that is really interesting that older people are actually coming up with a lot of solutions. But yeah, how did you yeah. come across this game anyway? So for Gem, it was the science podcast. What about yourself, Tim? Um, I heard about it quite a while ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard about it for years ago, <laughs> though, to be honest. Um, I came across it probably in other science programs I listened to, but um, Jem just reminded me about it this week, I suppose, because it popped up in coronavirus-related news. Yeah, ah. and it's really nice to think that, because we're all gaming a lot, well, a lot of us are gaming a lot more now, it's nice to think that you can do something, it doesn't, you can just put an hour in, and you, you don't know, your way of thinking might unlock something that no one else has. And I feel like it's definitely not a game that you have to be a particular kind of clever to be good at. Yeah. The whole point of the game is that they need people that think in different ways. And that's really lovely. That yeah. makes it really accessible. Because the, the really interesting that's amazing. part... That's actually amazing. Yeah, I'm quite, I'm you quite should, like, you wow. Try it out, well definitely. Might help, might help something. I think yeah. the interesting thing about it is the reason it, it, it needs to exist as a human input game is because 
AI, the AI they've constructed, I mean, it's not really AI, it would be an algorithm, but the algorithms they've constructed to work on these kinds of problems just don't work as well as human creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know a bit more about that, and I, I couldn't find out in my limited research about exactly why that is, but I do think that's probably the most interesting aspect of it for me, you know, as someone who, who works a bit more in technology, is why this isn't an algorithm and why it must be solved by people. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my guess at that would just be that they haven't figured out what that algorithm would look like to get that going, in a way. You know, they haven't asked the right questions yet, and asking questions is almost at the core of creativity, isn't it? I'm sure if uh, DeepMind put some power into it instead of working <laughs> on uh, Go, they'd probably come up with some results. But it, it is a lot harder to uh, come up with genuinely beneficial AI than we think it is. I think. Yeah. Okay. So, um, coming towards the end of our little coronavirus gaming roundup, uh, are there any other games that we found that we're playing online that work really well or recommendations for things people can do that aren't quizzes to play with their friends on video calls? Um, Jackbox, I suppose. I think a lot of people are playing that as long as you've got a good internet connection, which is the peril of any online activity yes. at the moment, then I think Jackbox has a really good selection of fun games. Oh, I find some of the voiceovers a bit annoying on some of them, but I like that the one that Tim and I have been playing one, which is a kind of a, ho- again, horror, more death, which we covered horror, in our yeah. last episode. Um, (laughs) 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 but there's a horror trivia game which works quite well with the voiceover the voice acting's really good in that but some of the other ones i found these kind of like faux game show voices really annoying and there's just like constant noise and sometimes you just want to be able to think so that would be my yeah i mean i turned them i turned that stuff down to be honest so i could chat to the people i'm playing with so I think just mute it. You don't really need the voiceover stuff. Yeah. And then and then yeah. chat to it and laugh at each other's answers instead. But no, I've I've really enjoyed them all in various forms. But you do need good connection. Yeah. And then we actually um we think... experimented with Oh god, it's all gone with. Yeah. Oh hi Aaron. You disappeared and came back. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Evil robots fuck you in the ear. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Yes, it's got. <laughs> I'm very far behind. You're all pixelated. Um, <laughs> I was. I just wanted to input something uh, uh, as well, actually. And this is a bit of. Um, it's not uh, everything we we focused on now is is uh, like so much like video games and things that are online. But also, if you're with a family, and what we've we've started doing, we set up a ping pong table, and that's been quite good. We've all become quite competitive at that. But like. You know, think outside of the box what other things you can do as well and take the time to do games that are actually, you know, garden games. Yeah, if you've got a garden or an outdoor space, that's that's amazing. Um, for people just indoors in a flat, so without a garden, uh, I mean, I guess then you're a bit more space restricted. <laughs> 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 I mean, you could like get Tim. inventive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Obviously, again, yeah, Tim, they're... I think we've mentioned this before. Are there any solo games that you recommend? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, I recommend it to everyone, and I'm going to rate it 10 out of 10. <laughs> Side note, I think Pornhub, um, the HD package, is free at the moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
good to know. <laughs> I don't care. really Nasty. like. Um, okay, I don't. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't. I don't really like it in HD or 4K because you can see that they've got no soul. <laughs> I prefer a little. <laughs> I prefer a little Vaseline on my lens. Season one of Drag Race, exactly. <laughs> I want everyone in soft focus. I don't want to see the sadness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just want to take a moment to big up analog games. Uh, games that don't involve, well, you have to do things online if you want to play with people who are in other households, but you can still use old school games. I was listening to a podcast recently and um, someone mentioned the game that I know is Ex Libris, but there is a kind of family party game as well, um, which is that someone takes a book off of their shelf and they look at the last line of the, the book. So it's usually a novel. And then everyone else at the party, or in this case, over Zoom or Messenger or your, your video app of choice, will then have a guess or have an attempt to write a really convincing last line for that book and I found that this works really well over uh, video messengers because you can just each each household some everyone's got a book somewhere and if you haven't you can just look at your kindle or your phone um, and find the last line of a novel and it's really good because you just then direct message the person who's the host for that round what you think the last line is, then they all t they take turns reading out each last line, and then everyone else guesses on the one that they think is the true last line of that book, and points are awarded um, based on your. It's a bit like Balderdash. It's a really nice game. Yeah, it's a bit like Balderdash, and I think this is like a really old game, but I don't. Um, I only know of it as the kind of published version, which is called Ex Libris, which you can buy as a kind of card-based game. But yeah, it's yeah. it's so simple. That sounds really, really, really good. good. Yeah, it's it's really yeah. Creative. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and we also um we also we should play that at some point. Names. Actually, I'd really enjoy that. Yeah, we'll play it. We also did code names. Um, and I know there is a digital version of it, but if you don't want to pay for that, that's a pretty easy one to do. And you just take photos of the grid of cards. Um, and then take turns sending each other the answers on, on your messenger of choice. It's, pre it's pretty good. Like, so there are ways that you can use kind of more traditional board games or party games. Um, you know, even charades would work so well, wouldn't it, over, over video call? Haven't done it yet. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Linky was a really good one, actually, we managed to do. If you just assign one person to be the question master who has the Linky pack, even if other people don't have it, if they're willing to do... Uh, question master role then it works really well actually yeah and linky's great because it's kind of a quiz but each card with trivia questions on it has a link that you then need to solve so that works quite well as well uh, any others that are yeah also um that... i was just i was just going to say also hide and seek <laughs> yeah! and tim has gone <laughs> tim has just disappeared oh <laughs> ah, he's back <laughs> it's like Funny magic story um my my partner's parents so my kind of in-laws uh were being video calling with their granddaughter and um she said to them over the video she's six years old over the video she was like nanny granddad we're gonna play hide and seek and um do you know what she did she took the phone put it in the wardrobe went off had a drink and they were like um <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, uh, and it took, it took my partner's brother quite a long time to find the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, hide oh, that's good. valid, valid game. <laughs> <laughs> that's genius. I like it. Yeah. Oh, bless her. Uh, so any last any last recommendations, thoughts or anecdotes to round us off, guys? Uh, well, I've got one. I don't know whether to give it to you now or save it for next time about choose your own adventure. What do you think? Do you want it now or later? Save it for next time. Leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, leave it on a cliffhanger. If you want to Teaser. hear about All right. excellent pro recommendations for how to write your own choose your own adventure, please tune in next time to My Turn Podcast. For now, let's say goodbye. It's been a pleasure. My name's Jem and I'm saying goodbye now. Goodbye. My name's Erin. I will see you all later. Take care. And my name is... <laughs> Bye. Bye. Give us a follow. Give us a share. Give us a rating on iTunes or your uh, podcast app of choice. We will be heard by you again, hopefully. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>